hitting record high temperatures. <laughs> Answer, by switching from Fahrenheit to Celsius. <laughs> I was going to do that. But anyhow, so it's still uh, asking uh, some questions. There will be quite a lot of questions asked today, by the way. I don't think I'll be able to answer all those questions, but we will explore them together. What a fascinating subject. So I would like to uh, start my sermon today by asking two questions. One, if there is such a thing as climate change and we are living in a climate crisis, does it mean that the end of the world is near? Don't try to answer that yet. We're going to work together on that. The second one is, what should we Christians think and do about it? So as I said, let's not try to answer it right away. Let us just think about it for a few minutes. Even if uh, controversial for some. The subject you decided to cover this season is quite a fascinating one, and I love it. I like it. I'm not an expert on the matter, but I hope I will do it some justice today. So firstly, I want to say that I have a few questions about the matter myself. As I said, there'll be a lot of questions uh, today we're going to talk about. Should we relate climate change to judgment prophecies in the Bible? Should we do that? Is it actually a sign of the end of times? Of Jesus' imminent return? Should we look at this uh, climate change and, 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 and warming woe as a sign of Jesus' imminent return? Well, if it is, I haven't seen many people talking about it. You guys, I know you're addressing the subject. I don't know if someone have already done it here. I'm not covering that angle, perhaps. So I'm coming from a different angle. So I haven't seen many people talking about it. And perhaps, but perhaps you have, not necessarily here, but somewhere else. What about uh, global warming? Is it just another scare? Are we just trying to scare people? out or off, or perhaps it's carrying them into the kingdom if we are addressing uh, 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 the matter from that point of view. Uh, global warming and climate crisis just a fabrication, an attempt to scare people, as I said. Is that it? Well, to me, climate change seems to be a confirmed fact. Well, here in the UK, unlike in Brazil, you have all the seasons quite defined, don't you? You have your winters, your summers, your springs. They're all clear. In Brazil, where I come from, specifically the part of Brazil where I come from, it seems to be summer all year long. <laughs> we don't have that division. Some of you might be thinking, well, this is a dream place to be. Then a gentleman is smiling. In a sense, it can be. I'll tell you, it can get pretty warm. It can be pretty hot. And sometimes you're looking forward to find the shade somewhere or get into a bank where they have the air conditioning so your face even lit up because of the coolness in there. But even if you're not convinced that there is a climate crisis, listen to me. The COP26 report, the Greenpeace and other environmental agencies all give serious warnings that if we don't adopt 
serious measures to contain CO2 emissions, pollution of the oceans, deforestation, and the world will be soon on the brink of a disaster. If we are not already there, studies of the biological relationships vital to maintaining life have found, in, have found disturbing evidence of man-made degradation. An article from Steve Conner reports that, and I quote, people should no longer take it for granted that their children and grandchildren will survive in the environmentally degraded world of the 21st century. 1,300 scientists from over 95 countries, unbiased apparently, so they are saying that two-thirds of the delicately balanced ecosystem that they have studied have suffered badly at our hands over the last 100 years or so, end quote. The reality is that our climate is changing and faster than it has ever done in record and recorded history. For example, changes that used to take 200 years to happen apparently are happening in 10 years or so. The ice melting of the Arctic, and you might be able to name other events that are happening way faster than it used to be. But the question that won't go away is, does it mean that the end of the world is near? Does it mean that Jesus' return is really imminent? Are all these ice-melting earthquakes, famines and heat waves like we're seeing in Spain right now a sign of the end of the times? Well, despite my thinking that most of the shaking of the heavens that we saw in the scripture that we just read, verses 26 more specifically, is an apocalyptic language rather than a geological fact, some of these events, in my view, at least some of them, I'm happy to believe that a part of them fits into the category of the end time signs that Jesus speaks about not just here in Luke 21, but also in Mark 13 and uh, Matthew 24, where Jesus addressed the subject perhaps with a bit more comprehension than we just read. But we must Remember, we must keep in mind that we are already living in the end times, aren't we? Like the prophecies of Joe, Joe chapter 2, where he says, But the end of the days, the Lord, what would he do? He would pour the Holy Spirit over all fleshes. And that has been fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. With the coming of the Holy Spirit, we are, in a sense, already at the end of the, the, the times. We are in this interregnum between the coming of the Holy Spirit and the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to keep those things in mind as we study this kind of uh, biblical text. So we leave, as I said, in this interregnum between the pouring of the Holy Spirit, but before the end, before Jesus returns and the kingdom of God is fully revealed as we are looking forward to it. 
And for those who get hyped up with the idea of Jesus' return, those that prophesy, that get people all excited, Jesus has come. You have seen, I'm sure you're, you're a well-versed, uh, uh, well-read people. You might, you don't even have to be, but we have seen all these prophecies that people, oh, Jesus will come in the, in, in the year 2000, or the, Jesus will come in the year... Uh, 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 in the end of the millennium and so on and so forth and none of those things uh, get fulfilled so Jesus himself as I said he warns us Jesus himself plays it down when he says in Matthew 24 26 and 27 and I read if anyone tells you that he is out in the wilderness do not get out here he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible, even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Very clear, very clear. Let's not get all hyped up, if you will, not overly excited. Uh, yes, we're looking forward to it. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, don't we? We look forward to it. But we are not putting a date on it. So, oh yes, Jesus is coming next week or any moment now. We don't know. Even in the early church, very much characterized by scatological expectation. Listen to what the Apostle Post says. He tells his listeners to get a job. He tells them, to get a life, to get married, to spread the good news. He tells them to be practical, to do something practical. That's what he does. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 11 to 13. And I read, We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they may eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Never tire of doing what is good. And that, my brothers and sisters, that's what we have to keep doing. Never tired of doing what is good. That is our role. That is our challenge as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. The global warming, the climate crisis, they can't bring the end. Let's put it that way. They cannot bring the end. They might make things worse. They might bring more suffering. But they cannot bring the end and I believe my brothers and sisters don't get me wrong I believe this world will end one day but you won't be us who are going to end it Jesus will our Lord Jesus Christ he will and it will be sudden when we least expect it when we are least waiting for it he will come we don't know when it's going to be might be tomorrow not here we not scaremongering people. So I have covered the first part of the sermon, if you will, the end of the world question. Now there is a second and separate but linked issue. How should we Christians respond? In light of all that we heard so far, how should our response be? 
How can we deal with it? Well, to start with, do not get hyped up. Yeah? Do not follow scaremongers and false messiahs. They are not telling the truth. Simple as that. So that's to start with. Christians should respond in a sensible and stewarding way. Some people might be tempted to say, well, if this is all part of God's judgment, then we should not get involved. We should not interfere. We should not try to, to stop it. We should not try to stop the inevitable. Judgment is coming. Let's not do anything about it. You know, because we Christians, we are supposed to what? To hasten the day. That's what some people may be tempted to say. And actually, this is quite a fascinating thing, isn't it? Because the Bible does speak of hastening the day. And some people, well, let's get on with life. Let's burn. Let's get the, the, the most powerful diesel car that we can get. <laughs> That's not the right way to go about it, is it? As I said, it's a fascinating topic about hastening the day of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we cannot do that by precipitating catastrophes, can we? That would be irresponsible. That would only increase destructions and suffering. Do we want to hasten the day? Do you want to hasten the day? Then we should help to take the gospel to the every corners of this globe. We should help to take the gospel to the places that people haven't heard about Jesus yet. That's what we should do. That's how we hasten the day. And I do have a friend, a pastor, a Presbyterian pastor, a missionary within Brazil that is doing exactly that. They go all over the Amazon forest flying and they have their satellite system thing and he's mapping all the tribes that he heard about, so he's building from the edge into the inner part of the Amazon, flying over it and, and pinpoint where he believes there are tribes that never heard about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are sending people, they are very mature people. I know some people think this is a very controversial matter. Why go there? Why touch these people? They never heard, never had any contact with, with, with the white man, so to speak. Why should we do that? Well, we believe different. And these people do that very responsibly. Yeah, they don't dare tell them to wear ties and suits like we do. No. They respect their culture within reason, but there are elements in their culture that need to be changed. And they need to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he had seen many people being transformed by the power of the gospel. So if we want to hasten the day, that's what we need to do. Take the gospel to every corner of the world. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, only then, the end will come. Matthew 24, 14. And Jesus, my brothers and sisters, he always preached the gospel with words and deeds, not just with words. And historically, Christians have always been the first there in time of disaster, haven't they? I think I'm biased to say that. We're all biased here. But I think history tells us, historically, 
Throughout history, every time there was a natural disaster, every time there was an earthquake, every time there was a flood, every time there was a plague, the Christians were the last one to leave. They stayed behind. They helped those that were dying. They helped the, the wounded ones. Even when those disasters were seen as a sign of God's judgment upon that people, that nation, or that village, whatever it was. Christians stayed behind. Christians done the hard work. And many of them died by plague or persecution. That's how the gospel grew. That's how the gospel took over and conquered the whole of Europe, if you will, because of the witness and the testimony of Christians. So what is my advice to you? Get involved. Yeah? Do something practical. We can't avoid addressing the global and ecological issues anymore. We can't just think, well, this is not for us. We have to engage with them. Despite of all the good we Christians have done, still too many have conveniently misunderstood the authority God gave us over the world. Too many have seen his command to subdue and to rule over the earth as one of exploitation and sucking it dry. Too many, too many, unfortunately. Because it's the spirit that matters, isn't it? Isn't it? That's why we say, oh, that spirit that matters. We're all going to die. All we have to care is about our soul. Well, no, that's not right. That's wrong, yeah? I'm just highlighting that. That is not right. It's not just the spirit that matters. Surely the spirit matters, but there's much more to it. For the Bible says that, for God so loved the world which he made good that he gave his one and only son. But the charter that God gave us was one of stewardship, not exploiter, one of carer, not of a destroyer. So here is the bottom line. Coming to the end, we are called to be good news to all creation, everything, including our rivers, including our oceans, including our plants and our animals. Yes, that's right. All creation. And this is how we should respond. Yeah, a few advice, if you will. This is how we should respond. We should switch off the lights when they are not needed. We might have an extra incentive now, don't we? Because the bills are going so high. <laughs> They're really, the cost of living is, oh gosh, it's really getting really bad. Really bad. We should get cars with engines only large enough for what we need. Yeah? Can you get a one liter engine? Am I asking too much? Are we asking too much? Yeah? I know I did, I did a bad job yesterday because we went to, to do a trial cars and I drove a Lamborghini. We're 700, well, the carbon footprint is not good, is it? <laughs> but that was just an experience that I was giving us. It's my birthday by my wife, so I had to take it. <laughs> but I wouldn't buy a Lamborghini, not even if I could. Yeah. So those are little things that we as Christians can do and should do. We should recycle. Everything that we can. We should get used to living with less. 
a frugal lifestyle. Interesting, isn't it? And we do that. Actually, it's a, quite a biblical commandment, isn't it? To live a frugal lifestyle. Yeah? Use our push bikes more often. And if possible, don't drive. Walk the kids to school. It's not hard for me because my, our school is just around the corner. So I can't drive there. But I know I said if possible. If possible. Right? And we, not the atheists, we Christians, we should be at the forefront of environmental issues. Jesus said we should love our neighbours as we love ourselves, didn't he? Did he say that? Yes. And in this world, who is my neighbour? Who is your neighbour? I go back to all creation. The whole world. The whole world is our neighbour, including the rivers, including the ocean, including the, the animals and the plants. All of them, all comprised, they are our neighbours. So the problem here is that we have uh, uh, narrowed down. Our world has suddenly shrunk, isn't it? It became very limited. But we will have to help ecological refugees, yeah? We are. We're going to have to help them. If we are not one of them ourselves, one way or another. And, again, just to refresh before I finish, if we want to speed the day, we can do that by telling all about Jesus, telling all about the hope, the desire in our hearts that all people may come to know our Lord Jesus Christ, give their lives to him. Then, then we are going to hasten the day. So may God help us as we try to do just that. So may God apply those words in our hearts. And thank you once again for the invitation to share God's word with you. God bless you. So we're going to our next song. Over all the earth. I invite you to 